Hello, everybody, and welcome back to First and Goal, and happy Labor Day. It is Monday, September the 5th in the year 2022. Hope everybody's enjoying the day off. If you're out there working, hey, make that money. Make it for all of us. We got our week one of college football in the books, guys. All but one game left to play. Clemson and Georgia Tech later on tonight. It's been a great weekend of football. We're going to be breaking down a lot of the games. Got a lot of stuff to go over. But before we go any further, as always, let me introduce my co-host, the one, the only, Big Rob. How's it going, man? What's going on, everybody? Happy Labor Day weekend to you. And I don't know about y'all, but I've had a great, great weekend. Nothing but football on the TV at the house, brother. It has been glorious. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. It's been a damn good weekend. Wish I had had this damn cold. Y'all probably know it's going to sound a little different, but, uh, been fighting a cold since last week, but hopefully we're going to get over this thing sooner or later. Knock on wood. That's right. That's right. Well, uh, i tell you what, man. It's just, it's great. It really is. To be back a full weekend of football. Yes, sir. I mean, it started off Thursday. Had football Thursday night, Friday night, all day Saturday, last night, and then we got more again tonight. I mean, they made this a full weekend event. Absolutely, man. And what better way to celebrate Labor Day weekend with just watching football? No, no. Ain't no doubt about it. Tell you what, man. We had a lot of close games this weekend. We sure did. Had a few things that we uh, predicted Mm -hmm. that absolutely went the other direction. Didn't see things come quite the way they went. But, uh, I mean, hell, it started off with Thursday night. West Virginia and Pitt, that was a hell of a ball game, but I did not see that crap going that way. No, not at all. Not at all, man. West Virginia was just, I mean, they're a good football team, don't get me wrong, but they beat themselves. They really did. They beat themselves, but not to take anything away from Pitt, man, because, I mean, you lost Kitty Pickett. You lost arguably the best wide receiver in college football, and it picked right up where it left off, almost 40 games, first game out, or almost 40 points. First game out. Yeah. Didn't really look look like he lost much of anything back there, man, with all the the scoring that was going on and, you know, the just great quarterback play all the way around with this kid. Absolutely, man. I mean, on top of that, I mean, the defensive front of Pittsburgh, if anything, they've gotten even better. Just the pressure they kept on JT Daniels the whole night. Really surprised me and opened my eyes, if you will, about that team because – Last year, JT Daniels, he looked sensational when he was playing for Georgia. And mm-hmm. The other night, he just he never could get in a real good rhythm. He made a few nice throws, but all in all, I mean, he just – he caught a little bit of hell the whole night. Yeah, he caught a lot of hell, but also, man, I mean, he – the thing about JT Daniels is when you get a blitz in his face, man, it just seems like he tests and tries to get the ball out a little bit quicker. But don't forget, though, I mean, that – those wide receivers for West Virginia had butterfingers. They ate popcorn before the game or something. Mm-hmm. You know, just, just looking at the play that beat West Virginia, man. I mean, you hit your wide, re- or your wide receiver down the field for a first down to keep on going. It hits his hands, bounces over his head, and is picked off for a pick six to win the game for Pitt. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, it was pretty wild. Pretty wild game to be sure, but uh, why don't we just go ahead and we're going to roll through these uh, scores, if you will. We got a lot to dive into in a few games. We got four games from each conference we're going to discuss, go in depth on a little bit about their games, but uh, why don't we start with the ACC first. Thursday night, West Virginia took on number 17 in the nation, Pittsburgh Panthers. Panthers came away 38-31. Then Wake Forest. Without Mr. Sam Hartman came out and took on the Virginia Military Institute, uh-huh. beat them 44-10. Also on the SEC side of things Thursday night, Tennessee took down Ball State 59-10. Josh Heupel, that great offense, they just keep doing what they're doing. Look, like they haven't missed a beat from last year. Absolutely. Tennessee keeps doing Tennessee things. I'm telling you. And Missouri took down Louisiana Tech 52-24. to and even though it was a good score night for Missouri, I got to be honest with you, I really – I feel like they left a lot on the table in that game, left a lot of questions. 
Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. Just make sure water. Then Friday night, in the ACC side, we have no SEC games, but Friday night in the ACC, we have Virginia Tech and Old Dominion and Temple and Duke. Uh-huh. And I got to tell you, I was upset. I was upset about this one. Old yeah. Dominion took down Virginia Tech 20-17. to 17. Yeah, I mean, that was just a mind-blowing game. I didn't see that coming no, whatsoever. Not at all. And then Duke blowing out Temple 30-0, to zero, shut out. And again, I didn't see that one coming either. No, man, I mean, I, I knew Duke was going. I knew they would win, but not 30 to nothing. No, really, really impressed me. And then you roll over Saturday, all right, on the ACC side of things. NC State slipped away barely by thread, beating out Eastern Carolina 21-20. to 20. North Carolina doing basketball-type things. Had a final score of 63-61, to 61, coming away with the victory over Appalachian State. I did not think that game would ever end. <laughs> Rutgers takes down Boston College, 22-21. Then we got Virginia Cavaliers beating Richmond, 34-17. Miami doing some impressive numbers against Bethune Cookman, 70-13. Sometimes you, you hate it pretty small colleges to get beat up like that. Yeah. But then you look at the money that they make from playing a big school like Miami. I mean, it's kind of like beating them up, but you're doing them a favor at the same time. Right, exactly. Then you got Louisville. This game here really blew me away, guys. Surprising. Getting smashed by Syracuse. Syracuse walked away 31-7 to over Louisville. Completely neutralized Malik Cunningham. Just They just had their way with Louisville from the kickoff to the end of the fourth quarter. Just had their way with them. Absolutely. Really Really surprised me. I knew the Syracuse team was going to be good. We're going to get a little more in-depth on this. But damn. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I thought it would be a closer game than what it was. And I, I, didn't, pick, I didn't pick Syracuse to win this game. Either. But I tell you what, this, this was a big surprise, but a good surprise. Absolutely. And then last but not least last night, we got Florida State. Coming away with the win over LSU, 24-23. to Brian Kelly came out and walked away heartbroken in his first game as a Tiger. I guess changing your exit didn't really change the, uh, the things that you play good teams. Excuse me. Ah, oh, man, you just – this wasn't his night. No. This wasn't his night. Not at all. All right, let's go back to the SEC side of things. We're going to run through these Saturday scores. You want to go through them or – all right, let's take a look here. So, Saturday, you have Texas A&M, after a long rain delay, beating Houston, Sam Houston 31 to nothing. Big, big game for Texas A&M there. Then you've got Arkansas beating Cincinnati 31 to 24. Another great performance by Arkansas here. You got Georgia dominating Oregon, forty-nine to three. That just wasn't even a game, really, to watch there. That was they, Oregon was overrated to start yeah, with. Very overrated, especially after all the pieces that they've lost. You had Ole Miss beating Troy, twenty-eight to ten. Lane train keeps on rolling. Auburn beating Mercer, forty-two to sixteen. Auburn doing. A lot of good things in this game, I will have to admit. Uh, but, again, just like uh, what Ben was saying before, though, I, I feel like there was a lot still left on the field with that game. Kentucky beat Miami of Ohio 37-13. Florida over Utah 29-26. Vandy putting up some big numbers again, but this was a little bit closer than what the uh, game last week with uh, Hawaii was, 42-31. Mississippi State. 49-23. South Carolina beats Georgia State 35-14. Beamer ball all day, baby. Yeah, right. <laughs> I tell you, man, that was a real good game to watch, too, as far as if you're into special teams. Oh, absolutely. And then, let me pull these papers apart here. You had Alabama just beating the crap 
out of Utah State, 55 to nothing. And then LSU and Florida State, just like Ben was saying before, Florida State comes up with that victory. And then? And then that's all we got. No, I was just wondering how many more times you're going to say and then. (laughs) (laughs) My bad, my bad. (laughs) It's all It's all good, man. It's all good. Oh, shit. (laughs) My bad, y'all. Well, like I said, there's a lot of games. A lot of scores we've seen coming. A lot of scores we didn't see coming. But like I said, we picked four of them from each division that really stood out to us Mm -hmm. that we wanted to discuss. I want to say we jump into it. We're going to go to the SEC first. All right. First game that really stood out to us this weekend, the Georgia Bulldogs owning Oregon. <laughs> I mean, you got Bo Nix out there. Everybody's saying, oh, he's finally got a good offensive line. Had that first drive of the game. Everybody, oh, Bo's here. <laughs> Bo for Heisman. And it was like deja vu. All over again. Had a first drive for the score, and then ends up throwing two interceptions? Two or three. It was, yeah. not, it was not a good night for them. This Georgia defense, everybody had the question saying there's no way they can replace the talent going to the NFL. There's no way they can re- reload. Mm-hmm. We found out they can. Yeah, most definitely. Georgia is for real, fellas and ladies. I mean, this game just was not a ball game whatsoever. I mean, just look at it. Number three, Georgia. They should probably more likely be the number one team in the nation. Yeah, absolutely agree. But Oregon at number 11. I mean, come on, guys. Yeah. You won 49-3. to <laughs> They start off the game with a field goal. And that's it. Mm-hmm. That's closest they got to the end zone the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, just total domination by the Bulldogs. I knew they were going to stomp Oregon. I knew it was going to be ugly. But a 46-point victory? I mean, you know, here's the thing as well. You're replacing your head football coach. Pretty much you got to replace your entire coaching staff. Mario Cristobal brought a lot of people with him. A lot of transfers out. Bringing some transfers in. Your first time, your number, your quarterback, your QB1, Bo Nix, coming from Auburn, hasn't really played much football in your conference as well. So, I mean, there's I, a I lot think, of things. I think that's kind of why Bo went there is because he was tired of playing where he was at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, no, I mean, you would have to believe that he, he, this game just screamed total domination on Georgia's behalf just from the get-go before the game was even played. It really was. It was an absolute beatdown. Now, one thing I'm not going to agree with, and no me wrong, love the SEC. Love the ACC. But, guys, if we're going to have a neutral <laughs> ball game, let, 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 let's be legit about it. Yeah. There is nothing whatsoever neutral about Georgia playing in the Georgia Dome. No. That's like LSU playing in the damn Superdome down there in New Orleans. There is nothing neutral about that. Not at all. I mean, you got a home field advantage with a little bit better venue. Yeah, absolutely. How about if we're going to do neutral sides, let's at least split the difference in half. Play somewhere in the middle. Yeah, somewhere in the Midwest. Yeah. I mean, if you want to play the game in, say, Kansas, Utah, someplace like that, when you're Atlanta playing Oregon, great. That's neutral territory. Fans got to travel to come to both places. I mean, that's that's a given. really is. One thing I will take away from this, though, Stetson Bennett looked really impressive. Didn't he? Last year, I mean, don't get me wrong, guys, he won the Natty last year. He took over as starter. Finished year out, played great. But even through all that, there's still a lot of moments of question and stuff like that. 
But uh, well, I lost my train of thought there, man. <laughs> yeah, no, no problem. Stetson Bennett, let me take over here. Stetson Bennett looked absolutely great in this game. Times last year, it just looked like he was outmatched at sometimes. Either his head wasn't in the game, or he was just overthinking things. With this game against Oregon, man, he just looked like he really could be a Heisman candidate. He threw some great passes, had some great reads. Looked really good in the pocket, moving around, creating time. Absolutely, man. But just all in all, just a great, great, great game to watch. It really was. I just... It was a great game to watch for a Georgia fan. As far as the actual football standpoint, kind of sucked. Yeah. It was extremely one-sided. But that just goes to show you Georgia is back. Yeah. Georgia never went anywhere. They're they coming back for – they're going to try to repeat the best they can. That that dynasty that these Georgia fans have been talking about all preseason, offseason, whatever you want to call it, it could be legit. Yes, sir. No doubt. But uh, next, next team we're going to roll into here, we got another upset. The Florida Gators, unranked, take down number seven in the nation, the Utah Utes, 29-26. Surprise, surprise. I hate to say we told you so, but I think we told you so when it came to Utah being overrated. I'm sorry, man, but how are you going to go into the into this game as number seven in the nation, Florida's unranked, and you're playing in the swamp? Uh-huh. Everybody can say, well, it's Florida. They played on the road. I don't give a damn. It just shows you either Florida is that underrated or Utah is that overrated, yeah. and I'm going with the latter of the two. Yeah. I'm going to say, I'm definitely going to say Utah is a little bit overrated, but I'm also going to say Florida is a bit underrated as well. I love what Billy Napier has done with this team. Oh, absolutely. I got to admit, man, they they look like a top 25 team out there. They really did. Anthony Richardson, I got to admit, is kind of scary, taking down number the top 10 ranked team in, in the nation. Quarterback wearing the number 15 jersey, doing the jump pass. <laughs> A little, little, little nerve rattling for the rest of us in the SEC. It's like, oh boy, we, I mean, we've seen this before. I mean, shades of games past, man. Yes, sir. I think somebody said that they broke the uh, Urban Meyer curse. Maybe. <laughs> not. We're not gonna jump conclusions yet, but uh, <laughs> no, nah, man. I mean, I think that's a great way to get a season started, get some momentum going, and if you want your fan base to buy in. In the way they did last year, and then start the season off this year with a victory against the top ten team. Absolutely, man. Even if they were overrated, overrated or not, they're still a top ten school. You're going to get a lot of juice coming into your your fans. The swamp is going to be a madhouse for the rest of the season. It really is. I just it really surprised me with how great Anthony Richardson looked at because. I mean, coming into the year, we both got to say, well, I mean, there's no way in hell that Dan Mullen had a potential Heisman candidate quarterback on his roster and made him ride the bench for two years. There's no way in hell that happened. Right. Then you see him, and you're like, well, maybe that's why Dan got fired. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, Dan Mullen doing Dan Mullen-ish things. All bullcrap side, though. Anthony Richardson looked great. The Florida Gators. Look like a very tough team. Mm-hmm. Things are going in the right direction. Yep. The Gators look like the Florida Gators. Yes, sir. Got anything you want, you want to hit on that game? No, sir. Let's go on to the next. All right. Next line of business. Mississippi State might reach in the Bulldogs down there. Get some revenge on Memphis. This return of the cowbell. Can I ask? Can we have some more cowbell? Mm. I got a fever. <laughs> Only prescription is more cowbell. <laughs> Mississippi State came out to play ball in this game, guys. 
And I'm going to tell you what, Will Rogers and the boys, they put on a absolute clinic. They sure did. They sure did, man. I tell you, I wouldn't. To me, they may be the most underrated team out there in the SEC West. I mean, I know I wouldn't give them much love in my preseason picks. Oh, absolutely, dude. I mean, to hang 49 points on Memphis to start us out, 49-23. And Memphis, I mean, you talk about Memphis and you think, hey, they're not really, you know, an Elite Five program. But look at what they've done. Look at who they've put in the NFL as far as running backs go. Oh, they have. What got me more anything to man is, I mean, Will Rogers. Kid, last year we were t- making comments about how he's a – very much potential Heisman quarterback. Sensational player. Averaged almost 400 yards a game last year. Mm-hmm. Starts the season out against Memphis. Goes 38 of 49 <laughs> for a cool 450 yards, five touchdowns to one pick. I mean, you putting the ball in the air that much, you're bound to get at least one interception. So, I mean, that don't really do any deems for me as far as his credibility goes. But over 400 yards in the air. Five touchdowns. Five tubs. Yes, sir. Wow. And you had a great balance also. I mean, you had David Johnson, 14 carries, 67 yards, 4.8 yards a carry, 23. Looked great out there. Then you also had running back Jaquavius Marks. Another 12 carries, 36 yards. Didn't average for three yards carry, but another two touchdowns. <laughs> and he did a great job distributing the ball in the passing game. I mean, hell, Thomas, the receiver number zero, got five receptions, 80 yards. Ducking, number four, got three receptions, 73 yards. Harvey, five receptions. Griffin, another five receptions. Johnson, six receptions. I mean, I can go on and on and on. Yeah. This wasn't a one-man show. I mean, he distributed the ball like an absolute pro. Absolutely, man. I mean, to me, I think this might have been the best quarterback performance of the day. Without a doubt, me. I mean, kid looked phenomenal. And it's like you said, I just I feel like Mississippi State's getting disrespectful a lot. You hear a lot of talk about Bama. You hear a lot of talk about LSU with this new coach. You hear people <laughs> talking about Arkansas, Sam Pittman, but – Mike Leach's program, yeah, they have not been able to quite put together a full season the way you want to, but think about it. Last year, taking down A&M. Mm-hmm. year before that, I believe they beat Bama. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, they just dominant. Yeah, taking down everybody. Yeah. They're taking down the Giants. They got to find a way to beat David. Yeah. They can beat Goliath any day. Yep. Just got to find a way to put away David also. Yep. And with this Memphis team, that was the start. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I think it's a start. It's a way to get some great momentum going. The defense really stepped up a notch from what I'd seen last year. I mean, flew around to the ball. Some real thumpers. And for them to stay focused after a two-hour weather delay, you've also got to say something about the coaching, too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but, you know, two hours – being cold, sitting on the bench, just waiting for their brain to go away. I mean, it's bound to, it's bound to take your focus away for at least a minute or two. No, no doubt about that, dude. No doubt at all. But <clears throat> Mississippi State, who knows? This could be their year. They got a couple of favorable, game, favorable games ahead in their schedule. Looking forward to maybe get a few more wins racked up. Stay focused, man. I mean, hell, you can very easily be 3-0, 4-0. Start oh, yeah. season off. So, you got to be excited if you're a Bulldog fan. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. From what I saw, I mean, they very well could be, you know, in that top at the end of the season, man. You know, that, you know, top two, top three teams. Now, I could have swore it wasn't just two weeks ago you had them as the cellar dweller. Not necessarily the cellar dweller, finishing second to last. But, man, after this performance, I'm glad I'm proven wrong. Thank you. Thank you. At least you're admitting it. <laughs> Tried to tell you. But uh, let's move on to our next team, number four of our 
games stood out to us this past weekend? I think everybody in the country is curious about this one. How was Spencer Rattler going to look in Columbia, South Carolina, in a Marcus Satterfield offense, Shane Beamer head coach, taking on Georgia State? Right. And, I mean, we all know Georgia State's head coach, Sean Elliott, he's going to bring a team. It don't matter if they're going to Alabama. It don't matter if they're going to Tennessee, wherever. They're going to show up fired off and ready to play and just ready to run through a brick wall. Mm Mm-hmm. And this game was no exception. Not at all. The score was 35-14, to 14, but that, that score does not tell the story of this football game whatsoever. It really doesn't. This was a very close game that saw the South Carolina offense, for the most part, struggle. Yeah. Sad to say. I think Spencer Rattler did a lot of positive things out there. Really showed off his accuracy a few times. Showed a strong arm. That pass he threw to Jalen Brooks. Oh, man. Welcome back yeah. to Jalen Brooks because that man made some hellacious catches. Yeah. Juice Wells out there was already looking like a number one guy. Mm-hmm. Getting good receptions. Josh Van still looking very great. Marion Brown had a couple nice plays. Marshawn Lloyd had a couple decent runs here and there. He uh, still not getting going. The way we're all hoping to, but there could be a number of factors in that. Yeah, there's a number of factors in that. Marshawn, I mean, you can tell last year he was still scared about his knee, still trying to to recover from that ACL tear. But when he jumped over that man, I think it was in the third quarter, that just goes to show me that Marshawn's back. We just got to get him some lanes to run in. Absolutely. Absolutely on that one, but – uh. One thing I did notice about Spencer Radler is he did seem to have a little bit of happy feet about him. Yeah. And you love having a mobile quarterback because sometimes they can get you out of trouble. Mm-hmm. But if they want to be stir crazy and move around a little too much too soon, they can also run you right into trouble. Yeah. So I think uh, sometimes Radler ran himself into some pressure. I know South Carolina offensive line is catching some heat. And there's a few plays there where they rightfully deserve some criticism. But there's a lot of plays where the quarterback kind of got a little antsy, had a few errors on his part, running backs missing a few blocks, receivers missing a few blocks. So on the offensive side of the ball, South Carolina left really a lot of unknowns out there on the field, honestly. I don't really feel like I learned a whole lot about them. The, the offense, especially. I mean, like you were saying, linemen, you know, they did have a couple of plays where they missed a block. But, I mean, there's a couple of times that, you know, a hold open up, but the running back either went the other way or didn't get to it in time because he's too busy dancing around. Uh, Spencer Rattler just, like you said, moving around in the pocket, getting himself into trouble. Or just holding on to the ball a little bit too long. Um, I mean, there's going to be a number of things said. I'm not going to put everything on the offensive line. Not going to put everything on Marcus Satterfield either, because those players are out there playing on the field. But they, you know, we do need to see some improvement if if we want to hang another W up this coming week. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like I said, there's they left a lot of unknowns out there on the field. A lot of uncertainties, things I honestly don't know about. But at the same time. Arkansas probably don't know either. Right. It's hard to take much away from this game just because there's a lot of a lot of things. If you corrected one or two things, it can make all the difference in the world. One thing, I, you, one thing you can take away though, Pete Limbo is Georgia State's daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about Georgia State's daddy, but uh, <laughs> I would say if you take anything away, Beamer Ball is definitely. Coming full swing down there at Columbia with Shane Beamer. I mean, special teams. You got a first down, almost a touchdown on a fake kickoff mm-hmm. on a fake field goal mm-hmm. attempt. Which, by the way, that was a great run. Watching a kicker run over a guy after he fumbled. That that was pretty awesome. And then on top of that, 
you had two blocked punts, and both of which were returned for touchdowns. And I mean, anybody knows Beamer Ball back in the day, the, the whole thing behind Beamer Ball is it does not matter what units on the field, you're able to put points on the board. At any given time. At any given time, whether you got your offense on the field, defense, special teams. Mm-hmm. And they took full advantage of that. They really did. South Carolina defense still looked to be pretty impressive. Honestly, I was very impressed with them. You look at Georgia State last year, I was one of the best rushing offenses in the entire country last year. And you only give up two or three explosive runs. I mean, Georgia State, they really don't get a lot of credit. But, dude, this is a eight-win team last year. Yeah. I mean, they gave – who the hell did they play last year? Auburn. Auburn. Gave Auburn an absolute damn fit last year. Mm-hmm. Hell, they beat Tennessee, I think it was two years ago. I believe it was two years. I mean, this team ain't – it's not a slouch, no. especially for a season opener. Not at all. Sean Elliott knows what he's doing down there at Georgia State. He could put a team together. This man, former offensive line coach for – the South Carolina Gamecocks. And a former interim head coach. And a former interim head coach at South Carolina. And he knows how to put an offensive line together. Hell, I mean, the best offensive line we may have ever had has been during the Sean Elliott era at South Carolina. I can see that. But, I mean, the thing is, he can get a team fired up to play anybody. You remember when he was at Carolina? They lost to Clemson that year by, what was it? Like a touchdown or something. It was less than a touchdown. I think yeah. it was by two points, three points. Yeah. And that was the year that uh, Clemson Spurrier, won the natty. Yeah. Spurrier retired early. Elliott took over with four or five games left. When it ended up winning one game with South Carolina and taking the natty, uh, the national championships to the wire. Yep. So, I mean, the man, the man can coach. Yeah. But all in all, South Carolina, if you're a South Carolina fan, don't hit the panic button yet. It's not doom and gloom yet. Give this team time. You got Arkansas this week. Yeah, you got to make a lot of improvements. But you know what they say. The most a team improves is always between week one and week two. Mm-hmm. That is a fact. And, you know, yes, you had plenty of time in the offseason to, you know, to tweak things, try to get better. But you don't know how you look until you play somebody in a different jersey. No, you really don't. And the first game of the year is always a rough one. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But with that being said, let's touch on a couple more little things. Let me just switch to ACC. One thing we're going to touch on is Kentucky playing Miami of Ohio. Kentucky, a lot of us were predicting to be the number two team in the SEC East this year and maybe give Georgia a run. Mm Mm-hmm. And, yes, they were without their star running back, a couple other guys. But I just – I didn't see what I wanted to see from Kentucky. Yeah, they won 37-13. Mm-hmm. But Kentucky's always a very physical team. Right. And they were just missing that physicality. They struggled getting the running game going. Mm-hmm. Levis made some great throws, but he also made a few boneheaded decisions I didn't really like. I mean, that was Levis' M.O. last season, too. I mean, he could he could sling the ball a mile, but it seemed like his decision-making was never on really point. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know. We've got to play Kentucky week by week, honestly. Yeah. Arkansas, take it out, Cincinnati, 24-17. And don't get me wrong. For Arkansas to take down Cincinnati. Or excuse me, excuse me, 31-24. 31-24. I'm with that, guys. My bad. Wrong score, but wrong score. I didn't pick up on it either, so don't feel bad. But, yeah, don't get me wrong. Cincinnati is a great football team. I like what uh, what their coach is doing out there. I mean, they played, for, they played in the playoffs last season. But you're without your – you're without the quarterback that got you there, Malik Willis. I mean, you've lost some key pieces. I think that was Malik Willis. Was Malik Willis quarterback? Yeah. yeah. It was Malik Willis. Was he the quarterback at Liberty or Cincinnati? Oh, he might be Liberty. Now that I, I can't remember. That. I can't remember. What the hell? I can't remember. But anyway, who, uh, they're without their quarterback from last season that got him there. So, I mean, at this point, I, I kind of I knew that Arkansas was going to win. But I thought there would be 
I thought Arkansas would have put up more numbers than what they were able to. Yeah, it was a little bit of a slow start for them. But then again, this was a playoff team a year ago. And the thunder rolls. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this was a playoff team a year ago. So you got a coaching staff that knows what it takes to get there. You got a lot of guys on that team still that did play in the playoffs. So kudos to Arkansas. Just, I don't know, it wasn't quite what I was expecting to see. No, not at all. All right. Well, let's roll into the ACC. Let's talk some ACC football. Starting off, I got to tell you, man, we're going to start off with a letdown. Virginia Tech going down to Old, falling to Old Dominion. Yeah. Gut-wrenching. Very much so. You know, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to No, you're good, you're good. <laughs> but the Brent Pyre started off a little bit rough. The defense man that he's known for was pretty solid. I liked what I saw with that defense. That offense, though, was a little subpar. This is what frustrates me. To win a football game, you got to beat the opposing team. You can't beat yourself. Mm-hmm. Virginia Tech beat themselves. If you actually look at the yards and everything else, they was actually the better team on the field all night. They had 340 total yards compared to Old Dominion's 245. Mm-hmm. Almost 100 yards more than them. Right. In passing yards, you had an 193. Old Dominion's 165. Rushing yards, 147 to Old Dominion's 80. Virginia Tech had a great rushing offense, something that's been missing for some time. Right. Average four and a half yards of play to Old Dominion's 3.6. 21st downs, Old Dominion, 13. You were five for 16 on third down. Old Dominion was three for 16. Both of those stats, let's be honest, pretty bad. But on fourth down, you were 0 for 1. Old Dominion was 1 for 2. That's a turnover on downs. Right. You ran 75 total plays to Old Dominion 68. You punted seven times, they punted eight. But then you look at penalties. Old Dominion had six penalties for 65 yards. Virginia Tech had over double that. They had 14 penalties for 100 yards. You lost one fumble, and you had four interceptions. So, five turnovers, and if you count that fourth down, six turnovers to two. You can't have six turnovers in a football game and win. Not at all. I mean, even in time of possession, they dominated. They had the ball for 10, excuse me, 11 minutes longer. Than Old Dominion. Every stat in this game, you would expect the score. If you did, if you did not look at the turnovers and the penalties, every other stat in this game, you looked at it, you'd say, "Well, damn, Virginia Tech probably won 35-17, I mean, they they shot themselves in the foot. Absolutely, man. I mean, going into this season, especially knowing that Grant Wells was coming in. And his track record for interceptions goes. I mean, yeah, the kid's got a hell of an arm. He threw 22 interceptions last season. So, I mean, let's give the kid a chance. You know, he's a gambler. You know, of course, he's going to have that arm. He's a gunslinger. Yeah. The Brett Favre mentality. The old Babe Ruth of baseball. You might have a ton of home runs, but you could have a, shitload, a buttload of strikeouts. <laughs> But my problem is, if you're going to be out there turning over the ball and putting it in harm's way that many times, you best have the touchdowns and the other numbers to go with it. Right. That didn't happen this past week. Yeah. Like like you're saying, man, with Grant Wells, I mean, yes, he's going to end up throwing some interceptions because he's a gunslinger. But at the same time, be smarter with the ball. Some of the interceptions he had in this game were just ignorant throws that should have never been made. Yeah, just some little bit of poor decision making going on. The Virginia Tech offensive line did 
didn't have the best pass protection in the world. They didn't set the world on fire. Right. Which offensive line at Virginia Tech has been a little bit of an issue for years now. Mm-hmm. It's something you're going to have to give Brett Pry some time to recruit and correct. Yeah. This program is not a one-year fix. No. I know we was all hoping it. But there is some positives that come along with this. Oh, yeah. You had a great rushing attack. Mm-hmm. Something you have not had in, like I said, a long time. Yeah, been a few years now. Yes, sir. I mean, Keyshawn King, 19 carries, 111 yards a touch, averaged 5.8 yards a touch. That's great. Yeah, that's that's getting it. Grant Wells, seven, seven carries, 45 yards, six and a half yards carry. Had that one touchdown on that read option he did going into that zone. Mm-hmm. Then you got Chance Black. I believe he's a freshman, if I'm not mistaken. Seven carries, 33 yards, four and a half yards per touch. That's great. Your offensive line is able to move the ball, and they're able to create some lanes running the ball. They're just the pass protection is not where it needs to be. But if you can get a great rushing attack like that, then I have no doubt in my mind that you can step up your pass protection and learn that and mm-hmm. tweak it a little bit and get it right. Yeah, and it's not time to panic either, Hokie fans. I mean, just like we were saying with South Carolina, the most improvement comes from week one to week two. This is the first time, again, that Virginia Tech's been able to see another team, a different color jersey, and play against them. So we'll see. We'll get to see what kind of coaching Brent Pry can do and see how much he can improve the team between now and next week. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this week it's going to be an 8 o'clock game against Boston College and Lane Stadium. Yes, sir. That could be all the difference in the world, man. You get old inner Sandman rolling out there, get the blood pumping. Never know. Yeah. Yeah. But that being said, guys, one more thing you want to remember. This defense looks great. Looks looks dominant. It really does. Absolutely. And one thing you got to remember also with this game, you lost by a field goal. But you also had a field goal attempt that was botched. That ended up in a touchdown for the other team. Yeah. You take away that little mistake right there. Looking at a different ballgame. Absolutely. You're going into week two, one and oh, saying, hey, bring it on. Yes, sir. So be patient, guys. Season's not over yet. Absolutely. And before we go on to the next game, I just want to uh, let y'all know that it may get loud here in just a minute. It looks like we got some storms rolling up. You probably hear the thunder in the background. But don't worry, though. We're not going to take a rain delay. (laughs) I hear you. (laughs) All right. Second game on the list. This one here was a bit of a surprise to me. But at the same time, I had a feeling it was coming. Mm -hmm. Duke. Blowing out Temple. 30-0. Can you say Mike Elko defense? Mike Elko defense. Blue Devils have arrived. The Blue Devils. There's no longer any Boo Devils. This is the Blue Devils all day. I know last season we used to joke around and talk about Duke who? Duke Nukem? Uh, Duke's about to Nukem. <laughs> I hear you, man. Yes. Yeah, it really was a pleasant surprise. I saw a Duke team Friday night with fire in their eyes. Yeah. I mean, a team that looked hungry. Physical. Extremely physical. The defense flew around the ball the whole entire game. Looked very impressive. The offense moved the ball at will. I mean, in all honesty, Duke just simply imposed their will on Temple. Yeah. The whole entire game. Yeah. Start, start to finish. Absolutely, man. And I mean, going into it, I thought Duke was going to win the game. I thought it would be a closer game than what it was. But. I mean, we were watching the Virginia Tech game, and we decided to, you know, click over and see what was going on with that score, man. When when we saw the score, I believe at that point it was like 20-something to nothing. I mean, both of our mouths just dropped to the floor. Like, what are we watching? What are we missing? 
Absolutely. I went back and watched that game start to finish twice now, and both times, you just can't help but say, damn, this is impressive. I mean, don't get me wrong, guys. It's Duke. Am I predicting them to win the ACC this year? Nah. Maybe not this year. But you look at Duke from 2020 and 2021, and then you look at what happened Friday night. Looks like a whole different team. Yeah. I mean, it just genuinely impressed me. Really did. Very much. And once again, I could see Duke. We said before, but I, I could see Duke slipping up and going to a bowl game this year. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like Duke can be a little bit of a sleeper, and this is not a team you want to go into sleepwalking or looking forward to your opponent the following week and not paying attention to them. Right. This isn't a team that you want to you know, talk about or think about even that, that it's going to be a – uh, no game. May as well not even play it, man. Duke is going to to punch you in the mouth and come back for more. Uh, absolutely. See, I just it feels crazy saying all this. Yeah. But they really did look impressive. Especially after we make it fun of them all season last year. Yeah. But really did impress me. You got anything you'll say about anything else on this? No, I'm good. All right. On to the next. Our next one. This is another game. A lot of people didn't see this coming. But somebody, I'm not going to say no names. Somebody (laughs) said weeks ago, this was going to be a different team this year. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a team you got to watch. This is going to be a team you don't sleep on. Mm -hmm. And this could be one of the biggest transformations we've seen from last year to this year. Talking about Syracuse. Yeah. They flat out slapped around and ran Louisville slap off the field. Now, just just think about what he just said. Syracuse, the Orange, slaps around Louisville, who was thought to be a contender for the ACC this year. Thought to have a Heisman candidate quarterback. Smacks them around. Malik Cunningham got completely neutralized. The entire game. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they smothered him. There was nothing he could do. It was a absolute brilliant, one of, if not the best defensive game plan I have seen in a long time. Absolutely. It was brilliant. If you're a high school player playing defensive end, please, please go watch this game. Watch what these defensive ends do and how they – Shut down the corner. Yeah, how they actually watch the edge, but they contain. They keep their shoulders square. Do not let nothing get outside of them. They let the inside of the line do take care of the inside. And they just contain. That's all they did was contain. And they'll clean it up if they have to. Exactly. Brilliant. It was a absolute brilliant defensive game. I've never seen one team shut down an electric player like Malik Cunningham. Like that. Yeah. And then on the offensive side of the ball, this team last year had a sensational rushing attack. Mm -hmm. They looked to have that again this year. But when it came to throwing the ball last year, they had one of the worst attacks in all college football. Everybody thought they had one of the worst quarterbacks in college football. The whole thing was a joke. Your offensive coordinator – from Virginia came over to Syracuse and when that happened we even mentioned it on the episode we both said me and Rob both said this could be the game changer to wake up to Syracuse offense I mean the way Brendan Armstrong looked that offense scheme looked incredible and how different Brendan Armstrong looked in the spring game without that OC mm-hmm. and how much better Syracuse looked I believe 110% in that because I'm going to tell you what, Garrett Schrader went 18 to 25, 237 through the air, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Great numbers. Mm-hmm. Great numbers. But then he had another 95 yards on the ground on top of that with another touchdown. 
Yeah. I mean, you got that great passing attack. And then on top of that, you got Sean Tucker, 21 yards on the ground. I mean, 21 carries on the ground, 98 yards, one touchdown, average of five yards a touch. Mm -hmm. But then he had another 85 yards through the air with another touchdown. I mean, Cooper had a great game. Gadsden had a great game. Jackson had a great game. All these guys on Syracuse, this whole offense has transformed. Yeah. It really has transformed. Yeah. And the defense is right where it was last year. The rushing attacks to where it was last year. It's just, this is a scary team. Syracuse was really a scary team last season because, I mean, they did throw a couple of big upsets in the ranch. They played a lot of close games. But I'm telling you, with the improvements that have been done this offseason, and, I mean, week one, normally when you're looking at, you know, the teams that they play, they're usually, you know, lowercase, you know, Division One teams or whatnot that just to get the win. But this is an actual ACC matchup. Louisville, again, Louisville, who thinks they're supposed to – Louisville, who everybody is picking or was picking to lead, to possibly lead the ACC this year. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, it's just... Ladies and gentlemen, this game was an ass-kicking. That's the only way I can put it. Mm -hmm. It was an ass-kicking from start to finish. And if you're not paying attention to Syracuse football, you better start. You better start because this team, this is not a joke. We say Duke's coming. Duke's going to be good. Next year, year after, they're gonna be decent this year. Syracuse is good, yeah, and they're good right now. Yeah. If you're Clemson, you don't want to sleep on this team. Miami, anybody, you do not want to sleep on this team. Well, especially now that your quarterback is actually looking at least three, four times better than what he did this year and last year. You've got one of the best running backs in the game right now. Your defense is picking it up. I mean, this could be a dangerous team for anybody out there. Yeah. No doubt about it, dude. But that being said, we're going to go over to our fourth and final team game that really stood out to us, and that was the game last night that ended it all. Florida State holding off LSU 24-23. Oh. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you, man. There was a lot of that going on last night. I'm telling you. Even in the Superdome. I'm telling you, man. They were louder than the LSU thing in the Superdome. And my takeaway from this game, Florida State has. Florida State was a better team last night. They really were. They... Beat them on the line of scrimmage. Damn near play in, play out on both sides of the ball. Mm -hmm. They had the better quarterback, even though Jordan Travis is still doing a few things that are driving me absolutely insane. But that running back they got looks sensational. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. The only problem I have is it looked so good last night. I mean, they put three quarters of great football together. Mm -hmm. And then in the fourth quarter, about halfway through, they got extremely conservative, started seeing a lot of oopsies. You had that turnover right there trying to punch one in the end zone. And you let a team that you were beating by two possessions come right back into it and come a block field goal or block extra point away. From tying this thing up and possibly going into overtime. Yeah. Yeah. you got to give credit to where credit's due. That the field goal block at the end of the game was just it was just masterful. And, you know, if it wasn't for that, who knows what could have happened that could have get, given LSU the gas to, to be able to go and finish it out. But I will say one thing, though, that – really drove me nuts is in the second quarter when Florida State goes for fourth and goal and they don't get <coughs> turns the ball over inside of the red zone. If you went for that three points, 
that game was never in question. Uh, that, that's exactly what I'm saying. That's why what we're saying is you're taking risk early in the game, but then late in the game when the game's on the line, you're wanting to get extremely conservative and you're letting the other team right back in it. I mean, if you just play a little bit of conservative football in that first half, kick that field goal, take the easy points right then and there. We'd be talking a whole different thing right now. Yeah. So I'm extremely excited for Florida State to start the season off 2-0. I don't know when the last time they've done that was. Mm -hmm. Sad as it is to say. My question is, are they going to be able to keep this going? Yeah. In the next week. Ought to be pretty interesting. Because next or excuse me, this coming Friday night, they're playing, damn, who the hell is it? I know you told me earlier, I don't remember. But while he looks that up, man, let me just, let me just talk a little bit about this Florida State team, this defense, man. I mean, they were just, especially that secondary, Jamie Robinson, man, he played like a madman out there. He really did. And that transfer, number five on defensive line, had an incredible game. And uh, the game they're playing Friday nights against Louisville. And the thing is, you cannot afford a hangover, because I'm telling you guys right now. If I'm playing for Louisville, I'm pissed off right now. Because I just got embarrassed. You ain't lying. Florida State, you do not want to come into this game riding on your high horse and feeling good about yourself. You want to come in this game, and you're right back at week one. Every week. You're right back in week one. Mm-hmm. Got to get this win. And I just, I'm hoping Norvell can do that. Mm-hmm. But I'm still a little hesitant. Yeah, I mean, as good of a game as Florida State played last night, as good as what they did the week before, I mean, I'm still, I'm still not completely sold on Florida State. I'm leaning a little bit more toward them after last night with LSU because I really thought LSU was going to – you know, was going to dominate that game. But you just, with Mike Norville, man, Mike Norville's famous for doing Mike Norville things. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But, I mean, you do have a right to be excited down there in Florida State. Absolutely. But with that being said, we're going to mention a few other things. One more thing I will touch on is North Carolina, the Tar Heels. <laughs> That defense still ain't there. Swiss cheese. Y'all won a game with a basketball score, 63-61. Now, don't get me wrong. Appalachian State, that's a very respectable football team. Yep. And your quarterback you got, Drake. Drake May. Drake May. Looks sensational. Again. Yeah. You got the real deal back there. Yes, sir. But – if you hang 63 points on a team and you didn't even win by a field goal, you got problems. A lot of problems. And I just don't know how long you can do that. App State is no slouch, but they're no Clemson either. No. They're no Clemson. They're no Miami. You're, you're going to play a lot better offenses. You can't get the shootout every week. No, not at all. You're going to have to close up these holes in this defense, man. I mean, the the defensive line is outstanding. Linebackers are, are okay, but that secondary man, I mean, you, you're giving too much, too much room. You really are. You really are. It's just, I don't know. Also, I, just, I don't know where to go at this point because no. – I hate it for Mac Brown because all I heard about is how the defense is so much better and looking so great. I don't see it. Looks like a carbon copy last year to me. Except for that that defensive line looks better. Yeah. But that's one thing that concerns me. Another concern I got to touch on, Boston College. (laughs) Still struggling. And I don't understand because coming out of 2020, this team had a lot of momentum behind them. And Jerkovic got hurt early in the year, and they had a bad stretch without him. Come back this year, and I'm thinking, all right, 
It's time for them to pick up where they left off and get after it. And they fell to Rutgers, mm-hmm. 22-21. to And the simple truth is, I mean, Jerkovic was 23-41. A little over 50% mm-hmm. on his pass. Not great. 283 yards, three touchdowns, two picks. Mm-hmm. That's not what you want to see. No. From one year uh, – a year ago, they were talking about a potential first-round draft pick. Yeah, potential husband Kennedy. But what really drives me insane about all this is, once again, the rushing attack was just non-existent. And this is against Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Your best, your best rusher on the entire team ran the ball 14 times and only had 25 yards. Average 1.8 yards a carry. That's not going to get it done, guys. No, not at all. I mean, you still got Zay Flowers, your receiver. He had a great game, 10 receptions, 117 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, I think it's Greg or George. George Takics, Takics, tight end. He had a great game. Had seven receptions, 84 yards. The passing game's great, but you can't throw the ball nonstop. You got to have a rushing attack somewhere in there. Yep, exactly. Especially if your quarterbacks go throw turnovers. Yep. So, Boston College, I'm still waiting on y'all to arrive. I just, I don't know. I don't understand what the hell's going on up there. I really don't. Not at all, man. Not at all. Because you got the talent. You do have the talent there. I just don't know if if maybe Jerkovic is afraid of getting hurt again or, you know, what's really going on with it. If the offensive line just ain't really cohesive. I mean, it could be a number of things, man, but y'all need to step it up. Because I'm telling you, man, the, the talent level in the ACC has stepped up. It's time for you to do the same thing. Yes, sir. And last but not least, my last team of concern is NC State. Mm-hmm. I mean, barely scraped by Eastern Carolina. Final score of 21-20. And Ralph Rip, I mean, Devin Leary, supposed to be one of the best quarterbacks in ACC, and he came out in this game with 17 of 33. So, damn near dead on 50% passing. Mm-hmm. 211 yards, one touchdown, one interception. That's not going to get it done, man. You didn't have a 100-yard rusher on your team. I mean, you struggled. And when you look at overall stats of the game, I mean, in total yards, North NC State, 344, Eastern Carolina, 383. Passing yards, NC State, 211, ECU, 274. Rushing yards, NC State had 133, ECU had 109. Yards per play, 5.3, ECU, 5.6. I mean, in all honesty, you got dominated in this game. Mm-hmm. And when you're the number 13 team in the country and you're trying to turn that page as NC State and say, we're ready to contend for ACC championships. We're ready to make a run at the playoffs. This is not how you do it. No, not at all, man. I mean, last season, NC State was known as a running team. They had a Good quarterback that could throw the ball, but everybody feared to run at NC State. NC State also had a very good defense. And don't get me wrong, ECU is no slouch. ECU can beat the best of them out there. They can be a pain in the ass for everybody. Yes, they can. But, I mean, you, you've got to do better, man. you got to be able to put a post like this away. 21-20, that's, that's not what the 13th and 13th team in the country does. That's too close for comfort. Way too close. But with all that being said, guys, we still got Clemson, Georgia Tech tonight. We'll try to hit on that tomorrow night in another episode. What's your pick that game? Clemson, Georgia Tech? Yeah. Clemson. Oh, yeah. I want to take Clemson also. I think Georgia Tech's going to keep it interesting. I'm going to say, you know, shit, I'm going to throw a score prediction out right off the top of my head right now. Why not? I'm going to go Clemson 38. Georgia Tech, 24. Clemson, 34. Georgia Tech, 17. Like it. Like it. But all that being said, guys, it was a great weekend of football. 
we got a ton of content, so we're going to have to get off our asses, get more episodes out there to you guys, do the best we can to provide y'all with the best content possible. I appreciate all y'all tuning in. Hit that like button, subscribe, share with your friends. Feel free to hit us up in the inbox, whatever you want. If you got any questions, you just want to talk football, whatever. We don't mind. Yep. We're always here, man. We, we love to talk football. I mean, any time of day, hit us up, man. We, 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 we'd be more than happy to talk to you. That's right. Well, you got anything else you want to add, man? No, no, I think I'm good. I think I'm ready to call it and get ready for this uh, Clemson game. All right, guys. Well, until next time, y'all know the deal. Let's keep those drinks cold. Let's keep those chains moving.